Hi, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. My name is Pastor Ashton Fish, and I'm going to be your host. This podcast is designed for students to stay connected to U-Turn Youth Ministry. We often listen to a sermon or we have a special discussion. I hope you enjoy the episode this week. Welcome to Chasing Love Week 2, God's Design for Sex. We're in a series about love, about relationships, and about sex. And so today I want to dive into understanding the biblical way of God's design for sex. And so I want to talk about drugs. I love learning about drugs. And no, I'm not talking about probably the drugs you're thinking about. I'm talking about studying what's going on chemically in our brains, neuroscience. And so I want to tell you about two types of drugs. Number one is dopamine. This neurotransmitter is produced in response to sexual stimulation. And thanks to dopamine, we really do feel enjoyment and pleasure. So that is what's going on inside of your brain during sex. The thing is released called dopamine, and that makes you feel good. Another really important chemical or drug that I want to tell you about is vesopressin. Vesopressin uh, is basically activated when two people are having sex, and the brain releases a rush of chemicals called vesopressin. These chemicals are the brain's way of helping people bond so that they might solidify nurturing, cooperative relationships that sustain life. But here's the crazy thing. When people have multiple sexual partners, the vesopressin receptors in the brain stop working the way that they should. They basically burn out. And so what the Bible has said right? For thousands of years that we are designed to have meaningful relationships, sexual relationships in marriage, that God has designed us to have sex in marriage, that he's, he uses sex to bond people together. We're actually finding that neuroscience is proving that, that vesopressin proves that we are supposed to be bound together to one person. And when we are outside of God's design, having sex with multiple partners, that actually um, takes away our ability to bond with other people. And so I'm going to answer the question, what does the Bible have to say about sex? And so let's go to Matthew 19, verse 5 through 6. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. They no longer will be two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no person is to separate. We find this in Matthew in the Gospels. We also find that Jesus is echoing this from Genesis 2.24, which is the first book of the Bible. And then the apostle Paul echoes this in Ephesians 5.32. And so God has designed a man and a woman to be married and to come together in one flesh. That's to have sex. They are no longer two, but to be one. And I love that God says, therefore, God has joined us together. God invented marriage. God invented the, this bonding relationship. God invented sex. And so what he has joined together, let no person separate. See, the Bible tells us that sexual relationships are designed for marriage, committed monogamy. That means basically one relationship. Sex is a blessing. God created it so that we can have pleasure. And you can look at that multiple places in the Bible, but just look at Song of Songs. Um, I dare you to, to look at that whole book of the Bible that is about sex. And also, sex is designed for us to procreate. What does procreate mean? It means to have kids. Genesis 1, 28 says, be fruitful and multiply. And in fact, that is the first commandment in the Bible is to procreate, is to have uh, kids in a marriage relationship. And so sex and marriage is committed 
sex and singleness is withheld or abstained. And most of you that are listening to this right now, you are the people that are not married. And so, yes, the Bible has called us to abstain from sexual relationships. Again, why? What's happening inside of our brain? When we have sex, that bonds us to somebody. That is used to bring meaningful life in relationships. And so we want to hold um, sex for the person that we are going to meaningfully bond our life to. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8 says this, God's will is for you to be holy so you stay away from sexual sin. This is so important because the Bible is saying, hey, this is God's will. And whenever God says this is his will, he's saying, this is really important. Listen up. This is my design. This is what I have planned for you. And he's saying, hey, my plan is for you to be holy so that you can stay away from all sexual sin. Verse four says this, then each of you will control his or her own body and live holy lives and honorable lives. Verse five, not lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Who are pagans? It'd be like today, people that call themselves spiritual. I'm spiritual, but they don't necessarily have Christian morals or values. And so they're just kind of doing anything that makes them happy, any practice, any religion that makes them happy, anything that makes them happy, that's pagans. They don't really have a, a, a commitment to God, right? Who is who we are committed to as Christians. So he doesn't want us to be these people that are full of lustful passions that are just kind of doing whatever makes them feel good, right? Do you boo-boo, do whatever makes you feel good. No, God is saying that's the opposite that he has for you. You are to control your bodies. Verse six, never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. Verse seven, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. This is so important because God is saying, hey, this is this is my command for you uh, that you're whenever you're disobeying and you're um, falling into sexual sin, you're not living a life that's holy. You're actually not just disobeying like me, if I'm your youth pastor or your pastor at church or your parents, you're actually disobeying God's plan, the way that he set up this world, you're disobeying that. And so it's so important to understand that sex can literally make or break your life and your relationship. So this is something that is very important and thus why we're talking about it. And so here, I want to give you a couple of points to think about. God has called us to be set apart, which means to be holy. Remember, that's what God's will is for us to be holy. Holy means to be set apart. But God's will is for us to be set apart, but not separate. And what I mean by that is this. Often in Christianity, we, we've heard before, you need to be completely separate from everybody else in the world. And you're called to, you know, to, to, to kind of judge, maybe even feel like you have to judge others, right? You, you have to separate yourself from others. Like, oh, I'm not going to be over there. I'm not those people. I'm this person. You know, I don't do that or I don't do this. I do this. And that's not really the heart of Christ at all. The heart of Christ is this. Hey, I love you so much. I came to this world to actually be with you in community. And I'm going to show you my light and love. I'm going to show you how I died on the cross and rose again, and I have a new life for you. And so now as Christians, we're supposed to be little Christs. We're not separating ourselves. We're just set apart. We're saying, hey, we're called to be different to make a difference. And so when we look at our sexuality, we're called to be different in our sexuality. We're called to abstain. We're called to hold sex for marriage so that we can have long-lasting, binded relationships. And I think all of us know someone in our life that did not obey the Bible and had many sexual relationships and how that kind of destroyed, right? That didn't really lead to long-lasting relationships. That led, led to hurting 
other people. And that's not what the Bible's called us to do. And so why has God called us to be set apart and not separate? It's this, so that we can have whole and holy relationships that reflect the love and ways of God to a watching world. The world is watching us as the church, as the body of Christ. The world's watching us. How are we going to respond? How are we going to act? You have a lot more people watching you than you think. So I'd like you to consider two things right now. Like I said before, science and the Bible agree that we are created for one sexual relationship to bond us to a person so that we can have a life-giving relationship. And so I want to ask you, would you be committed to seeing God's design for sex, that it's in a committed marriage relationship between a man and a woman, and would you commit to that? So I want you to consider that right now. Would you make that commitment right now saying, hey, I understand this is what God says and this is what science says. Number two, some of you here have been hurt. Some of you here have committed sexual sin. Some of you have been possibly even sexually abused and my heart goes out for you. And I'm so sorry that you've been through that. But I have good news for you, that if you are feeling dirty right now, if you're feeling shameful, um, Jesus, what he did when he died on the cross, he died for all of that sin, the sins that you've committed and the sins that people have committed against you. And so Jesus died for that sin, to wash away that sin, to wash away that shame or guilt or dirtiness. And Jesus, no matter what you've done, no matter how many people you've had sex with or thoughts that you've had, or if you've been viewing pornography or anything, any array of sexual sin that you're in or that you've seen or you've been a part of, God washes you clean of that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And so my question for you right now is, do you need to be made new? Do you need to be made new? Because God wants to renew you. God wants to renew your mind. He wants to create um, a, a new pathway in your brain so that you can have healthy relationships from neuroscience, but also he wants to clear you of that guilt and shame. Jesus can do that. And so if that's you right now, I just want to invite you to pray a prayer at the, at the end of this podcast. Say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Jesus, would you help me to stay committed to you? God, I repent, which means I turn away. That's the whole idea of U-turn, by the way, right? That we turn away from our sins and we turn to our Savior and start following His ways, which is healthy, whole, committed relationships. Thanks for listening to this week, the second week of our U-turn podcast. I hope you have an awesome week.